This is 95.7 The Spin Local Show Podcast. Check us out every Friday afternoon from 3 to 5, 95.7 The Spin Local Show Podcast. And now for the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another Local Show, local show Live on the Instagram Live. And today we're going to be having Melanie Davis. I'm just... Oh. Yep, there she is. I knew she would. She was quick on that. She was quick on that. Um, so now we're just waiting for her to join. And there she goes. She's requested to join. Hi. Hello. Oh my gosh, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. You know, dealing with all this COVID stuff. So there's that. Yes, yeah. times are absolutely crazy. But the day is really nice outside. So yeah. That is- yeah. I got to go outside earlier with my with my mom and my sister, and we just kind of hung out and ate some yeah. food. It was really nice. It was really nice. Yes, for sure. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you maybe like one or two questions, and then you can go ahead and play a song if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long have you been involved with music? Um, well, I feel like music has always been around um, in some ways since I was little, my siblings, I have two older siblings, and they are both musicians, so um, that helped being around that. And then I was a voice major in college. I went to Murray State, um, but I didn't start playing guitar until, I think, 2016. So I had written songs before that, um, but I had just, like, programmed guitar parts instead of actually learning how to play them. So about four years with this shtick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was it, how did you, like, because I personally am trying to learn the guitar right now, yeah. um, and I know, especially when you're a beginner, it's kind of frustrating because you have that, like, hump you have to get over of just, like, learning the chords, building that mm-hmm. muscle. How long did it take you to finally get over that um, little hump? Um, I'm not sure. I sort of, it just, like, caught me at the right time, and I got obsessed with it temporarily, so in between classes or... Any chance I got, I was trying to get over that hump. But I mean, I I would argue that I'm in my own humps as it is. I don't know if it ever stops because you're constantly like trying to do a new thing. But when I first started out, it was like the way I completely didn't get burnt out was I would learn specific chords for a song. So I'd learn like G major and E minor because it was in a cover that I wanted to play. And then all of a sudden I had a new song that I could play and I also knew these new chords. So that had helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is like what you first started off wanting to learn, has it changed with now what you want to learn now? Um, like, Yeah, I think so. Um, so like my, my college education in music was all classical and I approached guitar with a very like folk indie you know approach I knew that I wasn't gonna try to do anything insane classically Um, but now that I've been playing for longer I am really interested in sort of getting a little more noodly playing less rhythm and more uh, lead parts so that's been cool with all this free time that I have now that is what I've been working on yeah yeah. Um, so do you have any other like jobs other than being a musician? Yes, I do. Um, so I work at the local radio station in Murray, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I was super excited when you reached out to me because I love small local radio stations. They're my favorite. Um, so I work at WKMS and then I also work at a liquor store in town. And normally, when there's not, you know, a pandemic going on, I teach lessons as well. So guitar, piano, and voice. Awesome. That's great. I love that. I mean, I understand that sometimes being a full-time musician, it's not the best way of having, like, a full-on income. But, I mean, as long as you're doing what you love, then really that's, like, the only thing that matters. So For sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. Why don't you start off with your first song? Yeah, definitely. Uh, This one is off of Allegoria, which I released um, in January of this year. We were actually supposed to go on tour um, through the Northeast in March, 
and then, you know, sort of put a halt to that. But this is called Mesopotamian Blues, and I wrote it a long, long time ago, but it seems to be, like, more fitting now than ever. So this is Mesopotamian Blues. powerful lyrics i mean obviously i think you would consider yourself like a folk singer um Mm -hmm. so it kind of makes sense but also like when i first listened to them or like any song of yours really i was just like i was listening to the lyrics and i was like oh wow that makes sense (laughs) i was like i was like i never thought about it like that well thank (laughs) you that's awesome i mean if you would want to dive into those lyrics really quick and just kind of explain how you came up with those sure um a lot of allegoria, I'll try to do it tastefully because I know we're affiliated with the radio station right now, but, um, you know, a lot of allegoria was written about feelings I was feeling around 2016 and all of the current events that were going around there. And I was thinking about that and I was also sort of thinking of that online trend where we really just you know, we lighten the topic of mental health to the point of joking about it, like it's totally normal. And, you know, all of these really serious things we can just say, and it's sort of a coping mechanism and also a way to avoid it entirely. And um, yeah, so those ideas, plus with everything that was going on, I just sort of imagined or wrote a bunch of lines about how weird I thought things were, like, We joked about wanting to die, but also 
you live in a time where like possibilities are endless and you want to do all these things and then you feel bad because you can't do all the things you want to do. Um, and Mesopotamian blues, that just, that title came from, you know, one of the first societies and just the cyclical nature of humans being unhappy because of what we've done to ourselves. Um, I don't know if any of that made sense. But. No, it completely made sense. Like, yeah, I totally get that. I, I'm a Gen Zer, so mm -hmm. um, we're kind of like in the stage where like, haha, depression, funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, you really feel that way, but also, isn't it hilarious? Like, yeah. life is futile, you know? Yeah, because yeah. it's like, I, like with memes, especially like, we're all just kind of like, haha, we've got depression out here, what's up? <laughs> but yeah. they're all we all have depression. <laughs> yes, exactly. Meso was definitely like a take at the Tumblr culture of mental health and things like that. Oh my gosh, I yeah. totally remember that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely yeah. in that era where I was just like, I would go on Tumblr, especially around that time because I was like a freshman in high school. So I would be like, I'm sad. I'm going to go on Tumblr and make myself more sad. <laughs> Here's a picture collage about how I'm feeling today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so with that, how does your songwriting process usually go about? And, like, how do you find inspiration? I know that you wrote Allegoria during uh, 2015, 2016. So, I mean, and I think that's your only album you have out, like, currently, right? Yeah, like a full studio album. A mm -hmm. full studio album. But I'm sure you've probably written songs before, too. Mm -hmm. and not release those but so how does right. that go um it changes a lot of times the the sort of method that will happen is I'll write freeform poetry that doesn't have any sort of rhyming scheme um because I'm really good at backing myself into a corner all of a sudden as soon as I think I know what a rhyming scheme or chord progression should sound like all of a sudden I don't have the right words that fit it anymore so I try to avoid that, and then I cherry-pick lines from the the poetic mush that I had made before. Um, and then sometimes I'll have a chord progression already in mind. Other times I'll be messing around uh, with something, and I'll like what I hear, so I find some lyrics I haven't really used yet. Uh, some of the stuff that I've been doing recently that's going to be on an EP I'm gonna release at some point in the near future. Uh, all of the guitar came first almost. It was pretty weird. I have never been as involved with my guitar playing as I have been right now. That's really cool. Yeah, because a lot of artists, like last week I talked to Corduroy Orbison and they mm -hmm. were telling me how they kind of just have a little jam session and then they figure out the lyrics and then it just kind of all flows. But I mean, it's different for everyone, mm -hmm. you know? Sometimes you think of things and you're like, oh, that's really good. So you like write them down and then you like try to match it. But then sometimes it just doesn't work and sometimes it does. So for sure. I have lots of notes in my phone that's like, write a song about this or <laughs> like, one liners that I wanted to remember. So lots of those for sure. Yeah. Um, so like I said, um, folk artists, is that how you would <laughs> describe your music? I think so. Yeah. When... Um, I try to make it more specific. I call it folk jazz. I think it sort of blends, you know, vocal techniques in more of the jazz vein, but then, you know, some of the playing styles that I'll do are more like Appalachian, finger style picking or Americana. Um, but really it depends on the song you hear from me, I guess. I, I have some that sound definitely more Americana or country and then others that sound totally weird and jazzy. So mm -hmm. Fol jazz folk sort of wraps it all up in a pretty bow. That's easy to remember. That's like, that's what I, whenever I first listened to your album, um, I could hear a little bit because I'm a major Lana Del Rey fan. Oh yes, have a me too. Similar, I think, to the style that Lana Del Rey sings. Well, thank which is you. Like, nice because you know I love Lana Del Rey and so yeah. it's like and with that her music was also kind of I want to say obviously it's not really folk but it's more mm -hmm. a poppy folk if that makes sense because she yeah. is like speaking in a way that makes it seem like it's like poetry or a story and mm -hmm. but it's very like um you know poppy 
Like, yes. Low-key low poppy, not like pop. But. For sure. Her arrangements are so beautiful. And I, like, I've dove back into before she was Lana Del Rey and she was like Lizzie Grant and Mae Jailer and all that. Honestly, her Mae Jailer albums were really helpful when I first started playing guitar because I knew it was her playing guitar. And I was like, well, if Lana Del Rey can do it and then become this, you know, it was it was neat seeing how she evolved from just an acoustic guitar to the huge like orchestra arrangement she has now. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, mm -hmm. So what song would you like to perform next? Um, well, I think I want to do one from the EP that's going to come out. Awesome. Soon, yeah. So it's called, <laughs> I feel like I have to say this first. It's a collection of sort of abnormally personal songs. I have lots of songs that are personal, but I normally don't put all of them together on a single release. Uh, so it's called Dear Diary, Do You Hate Me? And it's a uh, a little quip at how we can convince ourselves that literally everybody hates us and everything we're doing is wrong, even though that's not necessarily true. Uh, this song is called Dandelion, and I wrote it about feeling weird in quarantine. So, seems fitting. It was only until the earth stood still that I could hear the birds. I could see only then the violet beds peeking through clover and rows of dead nettle green. Wandering through a daydream in bloom is anything just what it seems anymore. I just looked to the dandelion weeds in the yard. But it's hard I watch as the poison all clings to the tree While I push from my mind That the tree is me And as long as the grim reaper peers through the screen I'll move my gaze To focus Coyotes overtook the Golden Gate Bridge yesterday. Guess we finally got out of their way. The waters ran clear again and up around Lake Michigan. The red foxes lay in an especially cerulean April day. It's the sign of our times, a fist or a dime. And just when these thoughts tangle into my mind. I just looked to the dandelion weeds in the yard Oh, I'm trying to keep up the fight, but it's hard I watch as the poison all clings to the tree While I push from my mind that the tree is me And as long as the grim reaper peers through the screen I'll move my gaze to focus on me.
one of my favorite lines in that was like the grim reaper looking through mm -hmm. the screen. that was just i don't know i could picture that in my head and that's what made it like really stick with me i think because you know yeah. that's the best thing when you can listen to lyrics and you can just visualize them in your head or you're like oh mm -hmm. i feel that yes <laughs> for sure okay so with um writing music and producing music who would you say are your biggest influences um well for sure lana del rey uh, <gasps> he's definitely up there yes and uh you know, she sort of opened things up for me as far as like vocal colors go, sort of how high or low I can take a melody, even if it feels like it's in the extremes of my range. Um, and lyrically, it's from, you know, a whole bunch of different people. I like folk artists from the 60s, like Joni Mitchell and Joan Baez, Laura Neal. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of others. And I also like classic rock. Like, that's my favorite genre of music to listen to, although nothing I write sounds like it. It somehow influenced me. It's somewhere in there as well. Yeah. Um, with me, I know that my music taste tends to change a lot, um, <laughs> especially as I get older, I guess. And I, yeah, I used to be really into classic rock. I still am, obviously. Um, yeah. But... Then I kind of went through, like, you know, different phases where I just went through indie, and then I just went to folk, and then I just went to all these different ones. So I feel like it always is changing with me, but I do mm -hmm. I do kind of stick with one genre, and then once I get tired of it, I feel like I'm going to, like, navigate to the next genre, where, especially, like, yeah. where I am in life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, I listen to a lot of indie rock and a lot of just, like, indie in general, and so... I mean, I'm always, like, looking out for whenever artists will release new songs and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a lot of fun, you know, finding music. Yeah, and it's it's crazy how different avenues can lead you to different places, you know? The, the bands that sort of show up because of algorithms, how those can be these little mm -hmm. treasures that you wouldn't have found otherwise. It's really neat. Yeah, I was... I was listening to Beach House last night because, yeah. um, I don't know, I also felt nostalgic towards, like, my freshman year where I was, like, really getting to music, so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna listen to music, I'm gonna, like, put away the distractions, I'm gonna put my phone away, I'm just gonna, like, close, turn off the lights, I'm just, like, close my eyes, and, like, I'm like, I'm just gonna listen to music, and it, it was really nice, and I hadn't done that in a while, so, I mean, yeah. that's, like, I don't know, that's a little bit of therapeutic to me, so... Yeah, for sure. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's really, it's good. It's good stuff. Um, do you want to do another song? Yeah, definitely. Um, awesome. Let's see. I think I'll do one from um, Allegoria. This one is called Sisters. And I, I had written it after, um, or like during the Kavanaugh hearing. I sort of got down this dark rabbit hole of how in different times throughout history, women are sort of the scapegoat for all of the evil or corruption or lying. Like it all comes down to either the woman is a witch or the woman is lying. Either way, you know, we're gonna, I don't know how I wanna articulate that, but you know what I mean? Um, so this is Sisters, it's written about that um, sort of women's perspective throughout history. My sisters and mothers from the times before The star shadowed my eyes Call back to me through her rays of nerves That plug into the back of my mind I find it's getting worse with the times, don't you? Just blind enough to blame it on a shadow in the dark or two. They'll string us up to pillars, muscle statuettes. Medusas and Madonnas, cataract artists, feared by men. The 
first sin ascend, then the dead of Eden's crown only just began. Covered up a mouth with a filthy shaped in hand. So they doze off Eden pious flames. They writhe and burn and wrap around the name of these mad and manic monsters to be tamed. Well, burn them up and steal the one even more. No godly love raised marks upon the door of any actor who forgot what his heart was If I could simply ignore A tattered tapestry spray painted over The golden ages torn No more the giver of life See to those who take Imploring them importance to an audience I found the story sweeter said by those who did to taste the blood soaked glory, rich predatory, stealing space. Till I tie my fight, taking back my heart like that one night, back without a smile, just for my own spite. So they dials our feet in pious flames They ride and burn and wrap around the name Of these Magellanic monsters to be tamed A million dead and still they come for more Crave of flesh, no, they just crave war. And any actor forgot what the world was for. Oh, no, I cannot hear you. Hmm. I wonder if this is a me problem or a you problem? I'm not sure. Okay, so something happened with the sound. With going live on Instagram and platforms like these, this stuff is bound to happen. So hopefully Melanie will get back with us shortly. I think she saw my message, so... We'll just wait and see once she gets joined. Oh, I think she's gonna request to join soon. Yep. Hi, Hi Mel. Sorry. No, I'm okay. sorry about my sound. I don't know what happened. It just it no, just went out. Not... Yeah. I mean, you sounded good. <laughs> so thank you. Until it, it went all crazy. But, um, yeah, so that song, um, let's just act like nothing happened. <laughs> um, I added that to the stage, and so I really like that song. I especially like whenever it's, like, uh, pious, something about flames. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's thank you very much. That was, that's, like, a little uh, a Salem witch trial nugget, but, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I picked up on, because... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm really into that kind of stuff. I'm not like a witch or anything, but I, yes. I, I enjoy learning about that kind of stuff and like the Salem witch trials and all that kind of jazz. So yeah, it was a really cool song to listen to and be like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
before a performance, how do you prepare and practice in order to, you know, get yourself ready? I don't know if I have um, a method necessarily. I got really lazy when um, we were playing out a lot because, you know, we'd have like two or three days a weekend. So I wouldn't actually practice. I would just be like, I'll practice at the show, <laughs> you know. Um, and then in January, we took like a three week hiatus from playing out like we normally do. So the Allegoria push could be like the first big thing that we did. And I learned quickly that if I don't have gigs, I have to like force myself to practice or I'll get really rusty. Um, but you know, some, some gigs are a little easier to approach than others. Like I play at restaurants a lot sometimes. And, you know, a lot of times those places just went ambiance. You know, they're not really that concerned just as long as I'm not spouting expletives or, you know, mm -hmm. yelling at people. They're usually good with whatever. Um, and, you know, as far as the other shows go where it, it feels a little more important um, to really, like, be there and cherry pick and present the best stuff, I'm not sure. I, I've always really liked the, the rush you get. I've, I was a theater kid and I was a band kid and a choir kid. So the performance was what I went for. Um, which is convenient now, considering the career I'm trying to go in. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. A lot of my friends, yeah. I was a choir person in mm -hmm. elementary school and middle school. Unfortunately, I didn't do it in high school. I don't know why. My brain was just like, well, yeah. what, if, what if I do something else? But I kind of regret it, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm here yeah. now. You know, mm -hmm. things happen. Yeah, um, so you had a radio station. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy it. So, I mean, I'm yeah. doing this right now, and that's pretty cool. And I never have – well, I might have the opportunity, maybe. But, I mean, this is, like, a great opportunity, you know, especially for me. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, whenever you play gigs, is there, like, a special place that you like to – like, have you played somewhere that, you know, you really enjoyed? Or have you played somewhere where you really did not enjoy? Um, yes, to both of those questions. Um, as far as places that I've enjoyed – I'll be pleasant. Um, there's a spot in Murray, Kentucky, where I'm uh, currently living called Terrapin Station. And it's sort of like the hub for Western Kentucky's music scene. And, you know, like I lived in Evansville when Boney Junes and PG and all those places were up and running. And, you know, so I saw a little bit of what like a local city scene could look like. And then when I moved to Murray, Terrapin seemed like Boney Junes and PG in the community sense, but all genres were welcome. There's no one thing that wasn't allowed to be presented there. And the people who run it are amazing. I actually host a show on the radio station with the main guy who runs Terrapin Station now, Tim Payton. Um, so that's my favorite place to play. It's like a sweet hometown spot, but also... We've been to a lot of places, and there are very few, if any of at all, venues that are like Terrapin. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'll have to check it out sometime. Yeah, you know, definitely. There are something around, because I don't, I don't know exactly how far Murray is from Evansville. I don't think it's, it's like too far. Two and a half hours. It's not bad yeah, at all. It's not that far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Evansville is like a good spot, especially with like local artists, because we have Nashville, we have like Kentucky. Mm -hmm. We're just like kind of bordering a bunch of different cities, you know, sure. and I'm Bloomington, which is, mm -hmm. you know, a pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say like a huge music scene, but there is a music, music scene there. So yes, nice. definitely. All of those amazing musicians coming out of Jacobs, for sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize growing up up that like like Jacobs like was a thing because you know I I mean I live in Bloomington but I kind of live on outskirts so yeah and I as I got older obviously I was like oh my gosh <laughs> like <laughs> wow because <laughs> yep. it's supposed to be like with Juilliard too so yeah yeah I mean, for sure it's 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 a big thing here so mm -hmm. um do you deal with like feelings of stage fright or nervousness before a show at all yeah definitely um Especially when I first started playing out, it has gotten better 
since I've done more shows, but I would get so nervous that my fingers would wiggle on my fretboard because my hands are shaking so bad. And so that was pretty insane. And like at Terrapin, everyone's really close to you. Like people mm -hmm. just sit on the floor. It's really intimate and sweet. But yeah, I would be like, my fingers probably look insane right now. Like I'm just <laughs> having a seizure in my hand. Um, I always get a little bit nervous. I don't think mm -hmm. that goes away. Um, yeah. Some cases are worse than others, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's normal, I feel like. I feel like yeah. if you're not nervous at all, then, like, I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, like, you're nervous because you care about it. You don't want to yeah. just get up there and, you know. Yeah, just be like, I'm here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 Okay, um, I think we're going to do one or two more songs. Okay, cool. So go ahead and just pick whatever one you want to play next. And hopefully it won't cut out time. Oh, my gosh. That was Yes. Uh. Well, we'll make it happen. Technology is weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll do another one off of Dear Diary, and it's called Christmas Party. I held your hair at the last Christmas party in between breaths. You tell me you're sorry, then leave me to clean. Make your way back to the bar You planted trees for me, promised me peaches But you let the roots get choked out with weeds Is that how you wanted to show me who you really are? Really for spare parts my love is not for you to dispel overstayed welcomes or empty goodbyes you said I'm even back in mid-July but the lines came out rehearsed like you'd said them Especially for me, anyways, when hearing it, it's supposed to evoke some feelings, you know. And you're supposed to hear it, and be like, "Oh, yeah, I felt this before," or like, oh, "Yeah, maybe I haven't felt this. I don't want to feel this." <laughs> yeah, and it's weird, you know. the The song itself sounds like, um, you know, one thing, and it's it's basically like a universal idea of just anybody not appreciating you and you acknowledging that and stepping away from it and demanding change or saying that you'll step away and that's with anyone like a partner or 
you know, a business, any, any situation like that. I could definitely feel that that kind of like, oh, you do so much for this person or this thing and not returning the favor or giving you the you got that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So with that being said, we're gonna move on to something a little more fun. <laughs> um cool. not that it wasn't fun, that was obviously <laughs> fun. Um so I do this thing um where I just ask some fun questions because you know, not everything's so serious in life we can have some fun we can fun things yes. cool um so i've kind of been dying to ask this one it's a little more on the goofier side but you know it, it's a thing uh is cereal soup <laughs> yes cereal is soup soup can be cold okay. and i think cereal is soup i think it's breakfast soup okay the mouth is cross Okay. Yep. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But it's so crunchy. Soup is not it crunchy. It is crunchy. But what about soup with, like, celery in it? There's some crunch in there. True. So. True. I, didn't think, I don't think I've had a lot of soup with celery. So that's probably why. Well, there is that. There is that. I guess if you wait long enough with your cereal, it will be mushy like soup. I used to make ice cream soup when I was little, which was just literally melted ice cream. So my like bar of what is soup is very low. Got it. Got yep. it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm not a big, I like, but I'm not a big like lover of all soups. Like I kind of like have my specific ones, like, like, um, loaded baked potato or, um, let's see. I'm not a huge fan of tomato soup. I wish I was. Cause I like, tomato things but tomato yeah. soup for me is just not it's just not it i've never it's had a lot of tomato yeah it's a it's, lot it's almost like yeah. ketchup to me and i'm like i don't want to drink ketchup yeah you know? <laughs> i actually last night it's so funny that you brought up soup i made lettuce soup last oh. night and i told i know i told my nana that my my grandma and she had the same reaction she was like oh melanie oh melanie it was so good though it's delicious <laughs> I, I mean, I can't say anything because I haven't had it, but yeah. I don't know. How do you even make that? Do you just... You ch chop up some lettuce and mix it with potatoes, and then you, like, add some other stuff in there, but you puree it, so it turns into... Honestly, if I didn't know that it tasted good, I would probably not want to try it because it's literal, like, green mm -hmm. soup, but... You know what? Make it spicy. Put some onions in there. Forget about yep. it. It's great. I mean, I like a lot of things that are green. <laughs> so I like yeah. a lot. Of, I like green tea. Um, mm -hmm. I like celery. I like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I wouldn't mind. Sometimes I'm, people just like will see something and they're like, I'm not going to try that. Like, I mm -hmm. have particular people in my mind right now, but that may or may not be watching this, <laughs> that I know are people eaters, so I'm like, I don't think they would try that, but I might. <laughs> yeah, I um, went okay. uh, vegetarian in August of last year, and so it's, like, forced me, I never really ate vegetables before, mm -hmm. um, which sounds bad, but my palate was, like, mozzarella sticks and chicken strips, that was it, mm -hmm. and so now I've been forced to get more creative. So I don't die of malnutrition. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I tried to go vegetarian one time because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. You know, yeah. the meat industry is bad. Everything's bad <laughs> for you. Yeah. And this is like after watching like a vegetarian documentary, I'm sure. And, but then I, I just couldn't. Like I was, just, I was. It's tough, dude. It's very it's tough. Really it took hard. me like multiple tries for sure. It's really, really hard. Cause like, but there would be, like, times where, like, someone would be like, oh, well, I made this. Do you want this? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually trying to be a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> and be I like, know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my boyfriend's stepdad is, like, a grill master. It's insane, the things he can do with, like, ribs and barbecue and stuff. And it's – I was, like, when I first started, I was like, ah, I'll, I'll cheat for that. But mm -hmm. I think I'm past the point of, of that now. Yeah. Just, 
be a world of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, okay, so this one's a good one. If someone narr narrated your life, who would you want the narrator to be? That's a good question. Um, who would I want the narrator to be? I it's think hard. it is hard because my first thought was like Audrey Hepburn, someone very classy. Um, mm -hmm. She's out of the running, of course, for she is dead. Um, but, you know, someone like her. I also thought Betty White. Oh, um, my gosh. I didn't even think of Betty White. That's yes. Awesome. Maybe I'll go with Betty White. She's a more viable option than Audrey Hepburn right now. So You know who else? Dolly Parton. That's, yep. Those are also very good. Dolly Parton was a good choice. Yes. I just yeah. thought of that whenever you said Betty White, and then my mind just went Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. That's yes. awesome. Okay. Um, what is one song you'd use to describe yourself or your life? Which is also mm -hmm. a very tricky question. There are a lot of songs out there. I needed to prepare. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> this one, this one's kind of cheesy. But that's okay. It's okay to be cheesy. I would say one song currently that can describe my life is My Old Man by Joni Mitchell. Especially, like, hanging out. I've just been with my partner, Fate, this whole time. We've had a grand time in quarantine being trapped in the same house together. So <laughs> I would say My Old Man. Awesome. Awesome. No, yeah. Well, I guess it hasn't gotten that bad where you guys have kicked each other out. So <laughs> Exactly. So far, so good. So far, so good. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> All right. How about let's do one more song, and then we'll wrap it up. Cool. Okay. This one is off of Allegoria, and um, there's a music video out for it. I released it in February. That was part of the February tour, um, and I believe, yeah, that's when we – nope, never mind. I just got my two tours mixed up, so I'm going to ignore that thought I was going <laughs> towards. Um this was released in February. It is about an old port town in Italy, south of Rome, that was around before Jesus Christ was around, regardless of your religious affiliation, um, before he even existed. And so they didn't have, like, the Christian concept of a heaven or hell. All they had to think of, as far as an afterlife, were the memories in which these people would live. So their loved ones' remains... You know, they would cremate them and the urns would be up in their house. And it was a really big deal to remember the people who had died because that's how they lived on. So this is my song about it uh, and trying to figure out what the perfect memory to spend eternity in would be. So I can look upon your 
I love that. Oh, it, it even like sounds a little bit like Italian. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I don't yeah. like it, it's the way it's drummed. I guess is mm-hmm. the best way to say. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that you. makes sense, but <laughs> no, it definitely does. That is absolutely what I was going for. So thank you. Okay, awesome. That's great. That's great. Um, I don't. I don't know if you've seen the movie Call Me by Your Name, but uh, it's it's okay. Um, basically, it's focused in the 80s in Italy and like a like a small town and so it, mm-hmm. it kind of made me that in a way so Very cool. um okay so the last question is something that you know it's a nice way to end things to give people a little spark a little sense of hope um so like what advice would you give people that are wanting to get involved with music There is a genre or a style or anything, a band for everybody. Like, I think music is so very versatile and like there are rules, you know, but they are liable to be broken and they have been broken for like centuries and centuries. Um, so I would say just keep at it and, you know, the... The weird thing when you're first starting out, I've been singing ever since I can remember. I was like a really obnoxious little kid and would sing all the time. And, you know, so I, throughout the course of my life, as my voice has changed, I would try to imitate people's actual voices, like Mm -hmm. just match the color for sure. And it was frustrating because I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And so if you just sort of let go of the the sort of parameters that already recorded music puts you in and just, you know, sound weird, sound different because it only sounds weird and different because nobody's made it popular yet. Um, so that's my advice. Well, that was really good. That I would totally agree <laughs> with that. That's, I can completely agree because, you know, when I was doing choir when I was younger, it's all about matching and making the pitch so right mm-hmm. everything right you know singing these songs with a bunch of other people so uh, I think I kind of learned from that I was like oh I must sound just like them in order to match it but no that's not true mm-hmm. that's not true 